Another beautiful day in Hilliard. Welcome everyone to Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion number 14. I am Jordan Smith and I am joined today by my good friend Kevin Corvo. Hello, listeners. And my other good friend Tim Hoffman. Still me. Still you. Uh, No matter where he goes, there he is. Um, It's infuriating. (laughs) It's reliable is what I like to say. Every day I wake up. Look in the mirror and like this guy again, again, <laughs> again. It's a that's a Kurt Vile song, uh, pretty pimping, and uh, it's about waking up, looking at the guy in the mirror, and going, "Who is this? And what? How did he get here?" <laughs> and uh, I will admit to sometimes waking up at one in the morning, getting ready to go into the donut shop to make the donuts, as uh, cliche demands, and. Um, yeah, sometimes I look in that mirror and go, who are you and how did you get here? But uh, today our business is not to lament our state of life. Our day, our business today is to talk a little bit about the uh, school-focused story set that we have coming out this week from the Hilliard Beacon. Uh, one story already out and uh, partially sequestered behind the paywall describes some of the more specific facility-based upgrades uh, that are part of the district's master plan. And those are uh, very specific and direct uh, in their aims to maintain and upkeep a, a building as part of a network of buildings uh, in the Hilliard City School System. So as part of that first story, Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about this um, planned improvement calendar that you the, know the ins and outs of as a longtime reporter for school districts? Right. Um like every other district, most of the districts anyway, uh, Hilliard City Schools uh, has a permanent improvement program. Uh, every summer, uh, they set, they have projects uh, about repaving parking lots, uh, repairing, replacing roofs, HVAC, uh, any number of things. Um, and uh, they decide among themselves which ones need the most attention and when to do those. And, of course, they typically schedule those in the summer when the students are out of school. So um, this summer, uh, already approved in the capital budget um, a while ago, are the projects that they'll do this summer. Um, um, And that includes a new parking lot at Hoffman Trails Elementary School. And uh, for athletes in the district, uh, they'll see some improvements in the gymnasiums at all three high schools, Bradley, Darby, and Davidson, as well as some um, locker room um, improvements at Davidson High School. Uh, there'll be um, new HVAC components at Darby High School as well and at Heritage Middle School. Yeah, these nuts and bolts upgrades and hard installation improvements to the district. Uh, keep track of the budget, organize the budget, and manage the load along the timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we've talked about last week and we'll be talking about in the ongoing sense is that Next 10 initiative where they've been planning for how best to shepherd the district through the next 10 years of growth, change, and evolution. And we'll get into some of those um, numbers from the Creative Partners uh, study and projections as we get further into the stories. But yeah, we put that one up uh, just yesterday, and we'll have another going up probably this weekend just describing the uh, result of teacher negotiations uh, through their union towards extending their contract 
And why don't you tell us a little bit about that second piece that's in more of a preview sense. We've got that going up probably this weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, is this more just matter of course work for the school district? Does this seem in line with how things have gone in the past? I don't think there's ever been a strike in Hilliard as far as the teachers union is concerned. I don't, can't, certainly not in the past 20 years, not since I've worked as a reporter, um, and I really can't recall one. I went to Hilliard City Schools, so sure. I, unless there was a strike before 1970 or something, and I don't know, I don't know if there were strikes anywhere in 1970 for teachers, were there? No. Um, you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that it would be interesting to maybe look at the history and see where they've ridden that line. Uh, they described this extension that got done as uh, originally set to expire in 2024. So this was kind of working out a year ahead of that. So they it agreed was, on another extension of that. So um, They worked ahead this time. Um, I, I really don't know how typical or how often they've worked that far ahead. Um, but this was a one-year extension um, that uh, is good through or is effective through July, no, through June 30th. 2025. Right. Um, and it added one year on to the existing contract, which was through June 2024. I think it's important to note here that, you know, Jordan, you were talking about teacher strikes. It's like that's not a normal <clears throat> situation to have when you're working on contracts with teachers and mm-hmm. teachers unions. So that, you know, that hasn't happened in Hilliard, and we're working a year ahead of time to make sure that. Uh, you know, teachers are happy. Everything is uh, consensual. No one's working under duress. Um, you know, everybody's got demands and concerns. Everybody wants to feel taken care of. But, um, you know, the regularity with which we see these teacher strikes in the in the country is a sign of dysfunction. And the fact that we're working ahead of it to avoid that kind of thing is a, is really an encouraging thing that says, okay, we want to make sure that everybody's happy. We're not waiting till it goes down to the wire. We're getting out in front of anything because we're trying to keep kids in school. We're trying to keep people getting paid. We're trying to make sure everything continues to churn along. Well, even though they take breaks for summer, the public education system is one of the hallmark. The hallmark is continuity. Uh, you make plans for your kid from the day they're introduced to mm-hmm. the day they basically leave your care as a semi-adult, depending on jurisdictions and uh, severity of offenses. Sometimes they are more or less adult uh, than uh, other times in the eyes of the law. But uh, I think it's interesting that and here in Hilliard, it's a confluence of all these different factors, right? So you've got people that teach out here that maybe have different life circumstances that people than people that teach in other districts, number one. Number two, you've got a district that's been well-supported traditionally and uh, continues to be supported structurally. If you think about the moves Hilliard's made in the last 10 years as far as engaging a city manager, rebuffing efforts from previous administrations and city governments to expand the use of tax increment financing mm-hmm. when tax increment financing was in its most naked blade form, mm-hmm. where the reason that got amended and busted in the charter 
the ability to use TIFFs is because they were trending in the direction of beginning to undercut school revenues. Right. They were beginning to undercut township, township revenues, revenues <laughs> that were involved in providing emergency services and also, you know, taxes for schools. And the idea that you can create these pockets <clears throat> of closed-loop financing via tax increment, it's been disproven over the years to greater and lesser degrees. And the issue that we avoid, and somehow I think we played a big part in avoiding when we made those changes structurally, is this idea that over time there is less and less firm ground for public education to stand on as a result of nibbled Swiss cheese tax pockets, Hmm. right? So uh, doing that and maintaining those structures that preclude people from abusing TIFFs in those ways that they had been before that undercut public institutions Mm -hmm. and the way that they can use them now is very narrow and very tailored. And we might get into that a little bit more throughout the summer as different developments start popping off in the city of Hilliard. As you can see, there's no slowing down the development calendar uh, based on not having TIFFs available in those old traditional abusive ways. So uh, I'm excited to see that the, board and also the the educators themselves and and all the various negotiating parties were able to come together ahead of time to stay on schedule in their professional um, arrangements and developments and make an agreement that hopefully everybody can agree on. Now people at the head of unions can agree on contracts that the rank and file don't always agree on fully or completely and we don't have any of the information as far as any kind of internal voting or what the disposition of that union is right now vis-a-vis their leadership and how happy they are with a 2% bump against what percent inflation you were talking about right. was looking like today. Uh, you know, a cash uh, increase is always nice as well. Uh, but it's a testament to Hilliard teachers recognizing that structurally there's a good district here, well supported with a plan organized around maintaining Uh, facilities, planning for the future, Mm -hmm. and believing in what it takes to be a city that offers a first-class public education um, to its residents, which is important and which we should highlight, go through and interrogate, you know, to whatever degree, but also to, you know, be proud of as a, as a community. Absolutely. As people that have kids in these schools. Abs- as someone mm-hmm. who lives in Hilliard because of the school district. 100%. Over here. Uh, yeah. That's so right. I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. to see that they're staying on top of things and uh, not letting it devolve into, the, uh, you know, what we see across the country, very common, you know, acrimonious. It's not happening here at this time, and that's that's good. Yeah. The pieces and parts here in Hilliard still hang together with a strong cohesion that brings people back to the idea, the mission, the create the facilities plan, create the 10-year plan, create the the way to let people into the process, the transparency present. I mean, we can go through and look at all these materials top to bottom. I mean, with all the... Um, demographic information and everything that every decision maker along the way gets to look at. Right. Um, the treasurer reports for the school district are immaculate and insane. So you can <laughs> yeah. get in there as much as you want. Uh, the truth is we need to be playing the role of explaining to people how these systems are working. And it's a good sign that it's working in a sense of comedy. Whether or not for it's sure. fully realized, hey, we're in that process. But 
here's a handshake and an agreement where we can all go, okay, move it on. Next so, next stage. So this is a good sign. Yeah. So uh, with our you know Board of Education working out a deal ahead of time with teachers that shows, all right, they are on the ball. They are ahead of the game and doing their job, making sure that one of the main, uh, you know, main benefits of living in Hilliard remains yeah, the pillar. that a way. real pillar. You know, as other parts of Hilliard, as it is, are catching up, and as we are modernizing and trying to work out other areas of our, you know, local machinery, yeah. as we're modernizing the city government and that, it's great to see that, hey, a lot of us are here for schools. Hey, look, our school district is on, on top of things and, uh, you know, able able to reach this kind of agreement ahead of schedule. That's a really good sign. And it's important for us as we're, you know, shining our flashlight around to say, hey, look, here's a bright spot. Yeah, that, um, that pillar remains strong and committed to my eyes. Uh, for the community and, and should be something that everybody should feel comfortable um, banking on and supporting. Yeah, and so we want to make sure people are aware of that. We want to make sure people are putting their shoulder behind that. It's like, hey, this is this is a good sign. Uh, you know, keep 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 that car on the tracks. Well, just think about this. I mean, the city of Hilliard proper proper, and I say that only in you know certain right. geographic terms represents a very circumspect population when you think about the total numbers of population that live in certain lines. Mm-hmm. But the the amount of people that live within the Hilliard City School District boundary, that's nearing 100,000 people. Probably. I, I don't It's 90, know. I think it's 90 Is there something. a stat for the population I of thought the it was school 60, district? Yeah. No, there's... Is it more Is than it that high? It's It's up there, yeah. So the Hilliard City Schools boundary is a different population statistic than almost any other uh, representation that you see throughout the data. So you see the Columbus City population that's located within certain districts. You see uh, within Franklin County, within Norwich Township, all this other stuff, right? But if you look at the Hilliard City Schools boundary, total population in 2010 was 82,776. The total population in 2021 oh. is 99,213. Okay. The median age has gone up almost two years, uh, and the population has grown, what, 16,000 people, right? That's the school district? That's within the Hilliard City Schools boundary. That is the amount of population change from 90, 2010 to 99,000. 99,000? I didn't know right. they tracked population by school boundary. Way off. So then, uh, well, I would have thousand souls. Holy! Man. I would have guessed sixty or sixty-five thousand because okay. I know Hilliard's population and the number of students in Hilliard schools that mm-hmm. are residents of Hilliard proper is just less than fifty percent, I think. So I would have used that metric. Okay, because I know I know that you know my nieces and nephews that live in Dublin that go to. Hilliard schools. I know that there's there's a, a little sliver. I don't know how that happened, but there is a little sliver of people that live in the city of Dublin proper, and they still go to Hilliard City schools. Yeah, voluntary. 
I don't know why that is. Right, and a couple and places we, around it. When we we you know we lived in Amlin for a number of years, part of that sliver, and our kids went to went to Hilliard schools. There's a good amount of Hilliard well, Hilliard like or Dublin is in their address and they well, go to Hilliard City. Because of the former win-win, there were lots of students or families that lived in the city of Columbus mm-hmm. that went to any given suburban school district, Hilliard, right. Dublin, Westerville, and so on. I could never quite figure out why a household in the city of Dublin proper would go to Hilliard schools. Well, you know that's the way the district is is made up, and there's and there's a chunk of them. And should I get into? Should I get in? Because uh, my wife worked for the city of Dublin for about a year, and they had, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> well, there's it's interesting in going into this creative partners um, demographics and uh, population study for the upcoming Next 10 initiative, and they kind of go through these population markers. And just to touch on it briefly, the Hilliard City population itself in 2010... 32,000 or so. 2010, it was 28,434. In 2021, the Hilliard City population, in line with the um, uh, boundaries in the Hilliard City, is 35,500. Yeah, so uh, definitely growing, but growing in different ways, in different shapes. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, from 2010 to 2021 in Hilliard City proper, we only added you know, about 7,000 residents uh, relative to that number in the Hilliard City schools boundary that went from 82,000 to 99,000. So uh, pretty significant. Yeah, but that's broken out across all the different population demographics, too, from young children to uh, middle-aged people like ourselves and into the elderly. Mm. Hilliard's undergone a very significant elderly population growth, mainly because as we've become more and more of a medical hub mm. for people aging in place, that it almost, I think it would have to re- uh, sift through all this. It's quite voluminous, but almost a hundred pages. But I think they added almost two thousand people in that age cohort over the course of ten years in all these different facilities. And when you think about the tax revenues generated from some of that stuff, and that has a lot to do with some of those changing um, tax pictures because you're adding uh, people in that um, age bracket that mm-hmm. are entering into high-grade medical facilities for long-term end-of-life care, and they are now joining the Hilliard tax population. Should should we build an island in Hilliard for them? I mean, let's, you know, you talk about concepts you don't want to get into right now. I, I, I refuse to <laughs> illuminate and elucidate my, my thoughts and feelings on the concept known as the island. The island. Uh, I'm sorry I brought it's it It's fine, up. no, just... <laughs> You know, keep it keep it under your hat for now until we're ready to move on that. Uh, yeah. So, interestingly, there's a lot of different things we could go through in this uh, creative partner study, which I'm kind of feeling like chopping up a little bit. It's almost five. We need to go another 15 minutes or so. So, uh, let's look at this. According to the 2021. Uh, American Consumer Family Surveys estimates mm-hmm. that a lot of these things are based off of. Approximately 76% of the homes in the Hilliard City Schools boundary are single-unit structures. 
while 23% of the homes are two or more unit structures. Nearly 37% of the district boundaries households have at least one school-aged or younger child in them. Okay. So if you all didn't do as well on uh, multi-stage word questions as I did in math, <laughs> uh, that chops up a lot of if- different categories of people, but it tells you that in Hilliard City they've got 13,700 total households, and of those total households, almost 80% are single-family. Right, I'm surprised it's that high. That has gone down over the years as things have uh, evened out. But when you consider that relative to the Hilliard City Schools boundary, uh, there are 38,500 households compared to um, the 13,700 in Hilliard City. Okay. 75% of those are single family. Okay. Uh, but... It, that trends a little bit stronger in the uh, two or more unit structures. And renter occupancies go up uh, when you get in and out of the Hilliard City uh, breakdown of that report. That's interesting uh, from a couple different standpoints. But I think another uh, element to look at is just the number of total occupied units, to- uh, total vacant units. One goes up, one goes down. Mm-hmm. They've got more units occupied in the area, but vacancies decrease. That means scarcity is up in these industry, or not in these industries, geez, in these areas uh, for housing because people are trying to get into these cities and into these different working areas. Um, do you guys have any other questions about some of this stuff that breaks down industry and occupation, breaks down financial status of the households? Hmm breaks down uh, levels of computer and internet access wow. across uh, the city, and uh, the um, percent of kids enrolled in the different kind of schools on offer might be interesting to talk about. Hmm. Um, Hilliard City School Boundary, percent of all the different age groups that are presently enrolled. I mean, this, this information is that kind of thing that we talked about with... Um, the institution of the Hilliard City's public schools is that these are people that are very seriously looking ahead and planning to handle whatever comes. This projection is based on a range of possibilities and outcomes with a low-end student growth, a moderate amount of student growth, or a very high amount of student growth. And that could change radically the stress and strain on physical facilities, mm-hmm. but also the strain on... Um, just structural ability to have that many kids in the district. And they're talking about going from 15-5-ish to 19-something on the high end, if that's where it winds up being. And again, this is all dependent on what gets built and where over the next 10 years. They're expecting, we were talking before, they're expecting an increase of like... 500. I mean, moderate growth projection, 500 students. Like 500 to 1,000 students, which when you break it down, you know, 13 grades worth of 1,000 students. Yeah. It's like build a school or two and you got it. Yeah. Or as the cohort grows, you don't even have to build a school. You just have to manage the load as it ages through um, the different parts of the system. Right. You know, they've really expanded the load on 
all these different areas, but still funneling down to the high schools. Right. And, and Love how I just said, build a school or do yeah, about you know, it like it's that easy. Hilliard's been very committed to building actual facilities as far as managing class size and not letting things get out of hand as far as that goes, I think. In as much as Central Ohio is slated for growth like almost no other Midwestern city is, to keep your chops of building schools up is really a good idea. Yeah. They get into the Franklin County population estimates, and from 2022, um, they are estimating a total population of 1.35 million and in 2027, they're estimating a change in that to 1.38 million, up almost 30,000 people, 2% bump in Franklin County population. And we'll take our portion of that, mm-hmm. um, depending on where and how these things feed into the school districts. It's really interesting as you get further and further into these um, map documents in this creative partner study, they start to show heat maps mm-hmm. of where uh, the school density, the child density is the highest and where the uh, cohort is like moving through. And you see it's in a slightly middle aged growth residential section and there's all sorts of area around that that's dropping off and then things further out into the rural areas or the density spreads out um but it's it's really been uh it's really been interesting diving into this building permit wise here's an interesting one Mm. that you wouldn't have seen uh in the hilliard city building permit zone let's play a game (laughs) over let's see uh 2017, over or under 100 building permits issued for Hilliard? 2017? I'd I'd go over. Over. Just over. 100 permits issued. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. In Franklin, from Franklin County, in that same amount of time for single family, relative to us, we issued 100 permits. In Franklin County, they issued 1,700. Multi-family permits, they issued 4,100. Uh, 2018, over or under 100? Uh, I'd go, over, go, over, I'd go over, over again. Under. under. Okay. 89 single-family permits, <clears throat> zero multi-family housing permits in, issued in, in the city of Hilliard. Hilliard, okay. Uh, roughly same averages in Franklin County that year. So the Franklin County number is permits issued well, anywhere in Franklin County. Correct. City of Hilliard, including City of Hilliard, and then every other correct city or township or right everything agency. in that right. boundary line. <clears throat> so uh, let's see, twenty nineteen over under a hundred. Hopefully, we get back over under ninety eight. Dang it! No, well, multi-family. we're getting closer. We're yeah, getting closer. Now we're heading the pandemic here. Right, twenty twenty right. over or under a hundred. I'm so I'll have dis- to say under. I'm so disappointed. Over. Over. 114 single family, but still zero multifamily. 2021, 118 single family, 216 multifamily. Where, that was where a, were those? What was well, that? was one development. That was one development. 2021. We'd have to look back on that, but I think that's probably what. Uh, Is that over on Avery Road? Is that like maybe? That might be those big condos out there. 
Right. Those, that's in. Well, let's see. That's Heritage Preserve. But there, there wouldn't have been that many building permits, I don't think, for. I haven't been Heritage. paying attention long enough to uh, have cogent answers on this, Jordan. Do you want to get into live resident uh, birth counts for Hilliard City Schools? No, not at all. No? <laughs> not, not even a little bit. All it's, right. it's really amazing. Uh, survival ratios. Some of these charts, I feel like an insurance adjuster in double indemnity or something. <laughs> Mr. Keys. we got to get Tim in here. Oh, yeah, really chop it up. Right. Let's see. Uh, Hilliard City Schools historical enrollment. Kevin, let's see if this goes back anywhere close. No, it does not go back <laughs> to tell what you guys did. But the earliest uh, total enrollment. You're looking at total student enrollment? Yes. Well. Back okay. when you were in high school, about what was the total student enrollment? Do you have that number there? No. Oh. Well, let's see. My graduating class was 270-some, I think. It was less than 300, I think. Okay, so I can tell you. That uh, the number of seniors, so I would go ahead. Uh, would have been uh, never less than a thousand. Never less than a thousand since what now? Since 2013-14. Correct. All three senior classes exceed one thousand. Yes. Correct. Correct. But I guess that's what I'm saying is like your yes. graduating class as a single high school was fewer than three hundred. Right. Uh, there's no less than a thousand people in each uh, of as these. As I recall, <laughs> I think it was in the high 200s, like 280, 290. But. Yeah, there's no less than a thousand people in each of these um, grade levels uh, since 2013. So up to the biggest bulge, which is kind of like in that, um, in that ninth and 10th grade cohort presently. We've got 1,400 students there and 1,300 students in 10th grade presently and across the whole district. So, yeah, there's definitely... That number's been fairly stable, hasn't it, over the past yes. five years? So looking at it from 2013 to 14, we had 15,800. In 2022-23, we have 16,300, 500 kids, right? 15,8, 16,3. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's... it's and that's the highest it's been so far, 16,000 and a few hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And these kids are great, by the way. These are great kids. I think Hilliard is still, they're about 7th or 8th largest district in the state. Really? Wow. Yeah, they're in the top 10. Um, you know, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, City. Right. Southwestern, I think, is larger than Hilliard. Over okay. the last five years, they've added a hundred um, homeschool students. Homeschool enrollment has gone from two hundred students to three hundred. But Hilliard's in the top ten for size, yeah. And then they talk a little bit about um, all the different community schools. Now they call them community schools, charters, academies, outreach, all that stuff. Uh, there's grand totals for that, and. Um, 340 students back in 2016 up to 424 in 2021 so charter schools are gaining a little bit but uh, my favorite charter school statistic to call out is the one that goes uh, electronic classroom of tomorrow enrollment in 2016 61 enrollment in 2017 51 enrollment in 2018 through 2022 zero because they were closed and a complete fraud uh, but 
there are others operating now. You're talking ECOT. Yeah, to greater degrees of success, and they're they're currently uh, moving from over the course of 2016 to now from 341 students represented in the district to 424 students represented in the district. So yeah, it's really fun to dive into some of these uh, informational studies. There are breakdowns of school populations in every single school building in Hilliard available mm-hmm. here and how they've gone over the last 10 years and how they're projected to go over the next 10. So uh, when I issue the piece about the teacher's contract and everything, we'll also issue the link to the creative partner study so people can take a look at those uh, charts and see where their student is and see how their school's doing and see where they are in the population of uh, Hilliard. Hmm. Uh, gentlemen, what do we have shaping up for next week? Kevin, you were talking a little bit about um, what you wanted to do, what you wanted to pursue. Why don't you give us a little preview of that? Well, we will be in summer. Um, you'll be out of soon. you'll be out of the classroom, so you'll oh, be more. Yeah. We'll be back to our different recording time. That's right. Um, City Key Council goes on recess. Um, you know, so, you know, schools are out. Um, lots of summer festivities. Uh, the Franklin County Fair is the third week of July, and that's something I've typically in the past um, mined and reported um, stories on. So I think there's some opportunity for some um, features there, maybe uh-huh. on some maybe on some of our 4-H'ers. Nice. Um, so I'll look into that. Um, we have our concerts up in the city um, for the gathering on Thursday nights, um, celebration at the station. Uh, the Reaganomics have quite a following all over central Ohio, so I might look into... Or a plan to look into maybe a little feature on some of the performers who will be in Hilliard, uh, and maybe their economics. Uh, perhaps even ask a little. I assuming that they would, I would assume would like the publicity. Would uh, tell me a little bit about how the band came together, uh, which songs they choose to cover. Maybe I've kind of wondered sometimes too what what the dynamic is. Okay, which songs are we going to do? What songs are we going to cover? Um, so. Look for some of that coverage, uh, some of those stories in the, in the next month or two. Um, right on, right on. I think the the people tend to get out and do the human thing, the human interacting thing, better in summer. Weather's nicer, easier to do. Sure. Going through that community plan, there's all sorts of great full-page photos when the city really turns mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. gets together. And it's always good, and it's fun to see. I oh. might add... Listeners, let us know what stories you might like to see. Um, there's a dog park out on the fringes of the city. Um, maybe a story on the on the people who have known dogs that go out to the dog park. Maybe um, uh, we should I'm talk just about thinking out loud here on on, on some <laughs> story some about things the dog we park. could we could do, or just about. Uh, people that go to the dog people park. People that go to the dog park. Uh, Ten years ago, that wasn't um, a thing. Was, dog uh, parks uh, were I mean, not people a... bring dogs. I think, uh, yeah, you can bring dogs to the Roger Reynolds Municipal Park. Uh, um, uh, we should talk about posting up and having a, uh, you know, Hilliard Beacon meet and greet. A listening session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, I want to have a subscriber event this summer, and I would like to have it at Hill Garden. Mm-hmm just down the street here on uh, mm-hmm. Main and Old Hilliard because I think it's a nice open 
area where people can mix and mingle and just kind of hang out and talk the city and talk what they're doing and how they're how they're living and stuff so look for that in the coming weeks um industry and occupation data for hilliard city let's (laughs) let's do it just real quick uh total population civilian employed population 16 years and older 20,000 people in the city of hilliard who wants to guess what the number one employer and the number one employment sector is in Hilliard. You don't mean a particular business. I don't mean a particular you mean business. Sector. Well, let's see. Um, well, IT would come to mind. Uh, the service industry would come to mind. Uh, Schools come to mind. Well, Schools! That, number one with a bullet in Hilliard, 27%. Well, the Hilliard City School District is the largest. Well, I was. Okay. Ah, I have to do with a particular employer. Correct. It is Hilliard City School System. Uh, well, I know that. Yeah. Right, I would have said that. And, and I'm. And I'm. It's wonderful that that they're our largest um, employer. Yeah. Um, some cities might want a little. Would want other employers as can, can, can well. Can we have a mine? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Dublin's largest employer probably is. Not the city school district. I'm, I'm guessing it Cardinal, would be Gardner Health. Health. Cardinal. Yeah. yeah. So um, some cities might point to that being. Um, well, there's some a good thing too. I don't recall it, but uh, interestingly, there's not a ton of people that live and work in Hilliard. That was a, a lot of in out in that community. Plan. That was a well, mm-hmm. that's an eye popper bonkers thing yeah. for me, and that is something I want to work on in this city. Sure. Well, funnily enough, Tim, even I don't fit that rule. Because Fair enough. I live in Hilliard, and I walk to just outside of Hilliard uh, to open the shop. Every but day. even so, even uh, so, that was a that's a under two thousand people. Yeah. It was like fifteen hundred people live and work in Hilliard proper, and that's out of an employable population of twenty thousand people. That's insane. Well, I mean, it's a commuter town. It's a suburb. It's it what is. it's designed structurally to be. I thought you had stats there that said at next number of. Our citizens are employed in the IT sector or employed in I the do. education sector. So that's where I was thinking, okay, IT. I do have that. Because a lot of people pursue jobs in that. And you just need an immense amount of people in the service industry just to make the overall economy flourish. I think the problem with the IT uh, information is 2%. Uh, but that's kind of spread across a lot of different industries. So you've got things like... Educational services, healthcare, social assistance. There's IT all seated in that, yes, right? Right. So uh, they're not broken down, kind of in those ways. But as far as occupations concerned, almost sixty percent of Hilliard's population is somehow involved in management, business, science, and arts occupations. Almost eight point nine percent of Hilliard's occupation or uh, service occupations. Um, 20% is sales and office occupations, 3% natural resources, construction and maintenance, and then uh, 7.5% production, transportation, material moving. So, uh, large uh, mining, <laughs> as Tim was alluding to. Um, yeah, so as we go through the year, there will be more and more pulled out of this, and there will be interesting tidbits. And as you heard Tim get real excited, you'll see it pop up in all sorts of areas throughout city information is that um, you know we're pretty dynamic in uh, the ways we move in and out of this city. And that's why all sorts of other things come under scrutiny, like 
if all of our population is commuting in and out of the city via those main thoroughfares, that means all of our population will be having their license plates scanned multiple <laughs> times a day mm-hmm. by flock uh, camera services as a result of these things that uh, we've voted in and made made part of our uh, administration and package of city services. So, But that's about 515. That's right where we wanted to get to for today's uh, Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion. I want to talk to city council about what's on these freight rail cars. I asked them a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago now, and I have not heard back one way or the other. I'm also curious as to how the uh, federal uh, national debt ceiling might affect uh, COVID funds and potential for clawback uh, and risk to ongoing projects and projects in the planning stages and in the shoot. So I want to talk to the city manager about that, perhaps. And then I also wanted to talk to people about the Hilliard uh, Leadership Corps volunteer um, uh, initiative that started this year, 2023, for kids to earn volunteer hours through uh, community involvement stuff. So maybe we'll talk about that next time. But uh, for today, I think that's a good place to leave it. I've been Jordan Smith, and I've been joined again by my good friends... Tim, over here. Kevin Corvo. We have been the Hilliard Beacon. Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye. Disappear.